Hello, and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, as always, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and uh, folks, college football's over. It's it's kind of sad, but, you know, it, it's finally done. Um, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs on winning their first national championship in 41 years uh, with a just uh, enthralling, excellent game. Uh, against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, a little bit of the transfer portal, and, uh, of course, how we can't not talk Caleb Williams as well. But um, let's get this thing started. Jameson, your thoughts on the national title last night, and uh, are you sad to see the season over? Uh, you know what? It's been, a, it's been a long season, to be completely honest with you. You know how long ago it felt that Caleb Williams was running in Texas game and making me shed one man tear? Um, and the stands at the Cotton Bowl, that feels forever ago. Um, it's sad to see it go, but it, it has its time. Um, but honestly, we can talk about the game. Everyone, you can listen to analysis about college football, national championship elsewhere. Let's talk about the real me, Bobby. I want to hear what do you think about Stetson Bennett taking a rip of some 23-year-aged pappy, which is what, like $8,000 for a bottle? Like 9000 maybe? I mean, it, that, that it is true – Truly just madman behavior. Uh, that is a the most expensive poll everyone's had, like anybody has had in their life. Uh, <laughs> truly baffling. That man was on on fire uh, last night, rolling into this morning on Good Morning America. My guy, you know, channeling his inner rusty ranks, <laughs> channeling his inner rusty ranks beers. It was it was truly great. I. I uh, I, I am proud of him for carrying on the borough tradition of uh, getting absolutely plastered after you win it all. Uh, Di, you're, what, what, what do you think about the, the pappy? What is your ruling on the pappy? Is that, is that too expensive for a poll? I, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I love it. And I, I think it's, I think it's kind of a smart flex because you want to have that sort of like flex moment when you win it. And you think back to, to other like iconic flex moments. And if you, if you want to flex the, like the money, you know, Joe Burrow flexing his cigar, but like you, you, you can't look at that and know like, is it a five dollar cigar? Is it obviously it was an expensive cigar, but you know, doesn't have the uh, the name recognition of of a uh, pappy, you know. So I think I think it's cool. I mean, he does uh does what he does. He he won the championship, was doubted uh, a lot, including during the game. So I uh, he earned it for sure. Honestly, as like as much as like the third fourth quarter when he um had that fumble. I was just like, this guy is just not it. Um, but just a really resilient performance. Uh, if not inconsistent, I still think it was inconsistent, but you know, that that's fine. It, it was pretty good for, uh, what from four, what, what from is Bennett? It's probably, uh, he is both, he is both four and six. He is both four and six. That's right. Because he, he lost his, he, he, he is like, how does that, I'm trying to think well, of it's another like, it's system. Like presidents. It's like president. That's true. Like in their numbering system, yeah. So he, he, he please tell me you saw what Jake Fromm did in the NFL in his one sole start this season. It might have been one of the most ugly performances I've seen from a quarterback. I I have not seen that. What happened? Uh, I'm pretty sure he started for the New York Giants, and I think he like passed for like 60 yards. I'm gonna double check it. It was something bad. I'm gonna look Ugh. it up. Let me let me hop out for a bit. Oh, that's that is that is uh, quite pathetic. Oh, that's not good. But yeah, it was a but... uh, the game. As, as we're, you know, on the topic real quick before we move on, I was pretty alarmed uh, in the first half, for sure. I was sitting there going, oh, my goodness, 
we have turned the clock back to 2007 SEC. Like we're going to see double digits on neither side and it's just going to be solved by, by kicking. I didn't have a whole lot of hope that there would be a touchdown scored at any point during the game. So I'm glad it cleaned it up there at the end a little bit. It was definitely feeling like the Alabama LSU game of the century from 2011. Uh, but, you know, it really picked up. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's a case of, you know, just two really excellent defenses going at each other. And, uh, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say flawed offenses, but uh, offenses that, you know, without Jamison Williams, especially with Alabama, just um, didn't have the same zip to them. I, I felt like Bryce Young was over, like, overthrowing, making bad reads. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 and then obviously Bennett was, uh, was Stetson Bennett, but, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's just how it is. That's, that's how college football is going to be that, that these, these big boy teams are going to kill you on defense and, you know, do their best on offense. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I feel like, um, like that archetype is what OU is building in, um, with Brent Venables and uh, Jeff Webby, uh, you know, kind of flashy offense, but more importantly, a, a really solid, good defense uh, with NFL caliber, um, you know, size. Yeah. That's what I wanted to, to point out real quick was, you know, we lost, we lost uh, Lincoln Riley, obviously, and, and we're going to get into maybe some potential outflows uh, again, but like we saw, and you can't discount the fact that Bama literally had the Heisman winning quarterback uh, and, all of their, you know, all of their offensive stars will uh, most certainly make it to the next level and and play successfully there, and, and many of Georgia's as well. But what we saw, you know, as we've been seeing for a long time, is that it's cliche to say, uh, but defense wins the the championships. You know, that's that was like you said, the deciding factor in this game. A team could not have come into this game with a flawed. I always like to use the, the 2017, you know, OU. We could not have come in with with a really flawed team that was relying on just super electric, scrappy offense to kind of get us some luck in and through there. The the era of those teams being competitive or winning national championships is long gone with with the way that college football is has gone. So it was uh, comforting as an OU fan, I will say the least, to uh, to see this performance and see the national championship be decided in a defensive, very, you know, cerebral defensive sort of struggle trying to out-scheme each other and and really just at the very end get that edge where things came together, but it really was a defensive fight. Well, I, I think it really hammered in a very definitive point and, and something I think that makes uh, college football a little different than the NFL in a way. Um, you can, you can win a national championship with a me- mediocre to bad quarterback. Uh, I don't think you can win one without a good, with a, with no good defense. Um, if you have a bad defense, you, you aren't going to be able to make it really on that run. Uh, in the NFL, you definitely need both, but, um, quarterback, you know, I, it obviously helps, but it's not, it's not as, um, I, I don't know, cut and dry where it's like, you, you cannot win a, a title without like elite talent at QB. And I, I, I think that's, yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. allow that Stetson Bennett is an elite talent at QB and that's who won. So I don't, I don't get your, your train of thought here. I, would we, is Stetson Bennett elite? No, no. The gosh. rings argument. It's the, the rings, rings argument. Dude, rings. This is such a recency bias. Like Stetson Bennett did not have a good first half. He did not play that extravagantly this season. 
Um, and then he ends it well. And guess what? Everyone's singing his praise. Look how hard he worked. Look at this storyline. Wow, the walk-on, the hardworking, all of that's great. But he's been getting, you know, pretty much shit on this whole season. Um, and then as long as you end up winning and a lot of your other guys on your team play really well, especially that defensive line killed it for Georgia and making just a couple of plays, those two touchdown passes for Stetson Bennett, the whole mantra can change for him. Yeah. And I, that's basically what happened. Uh, you know, things, things flipped for him because he, he did have a bad, bad game until the very end where he, you know, threw a couple moon balls. Um, but, but what won that game was the defense. Georgia's defense was absolutely remarkable. They were who we thought they were. And we, it, it was good to see them, you know, get that redemption. And, you know, I, I think when it, well, first of all, it's hard to beat the same team twice because you have tape on it. And, uh, you know, Georgia responded, they, they, they recovered and, you know, you got to give a lot of props to them. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say just excellent night. I think Indianapolis, by the way, awful, awful location. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like college football is just such a wonderful, fun, colorful sport. And the fact that we played the national title in like a big, uh, warehouse that looks like it could be a Kroger, uh, just unfortunate, just unfortunate. That's not true. It's objectively untrue. It's What's objective. I, I don't true? like we we've been talking. You and I have been talking for the past. We haven't been going ten minutes, but we've been cutting Jameson out. But I, I can't stand for the, the Indianapolis slander. Like I, I have I, I, I guess not professionally educated, but I've taken classes on like <laughs> urban planning and stuff. And this is like a, a something that I know and that that I've studied. And it's India is widely recognized as one of the best sports venues because they have housing amenities for people other than the thing public transport, transport accessibility, and stadium experience. I don't, you, you're upset about the experience because do you know what Indy doesn't have in their stadium that a lot of other places have? It's lighting on the crowd. Indy looks really weird on TV because the crowd is kind of blacked out almost compared to a lot of other stadiums. And it makes the atmosphere seem weird on TV, but it is, I've never been in person, but it's widely <laughs> regarded by experts to be, a, uh, a very good world-class venue. A lot of other people, when they're building these things, uh, look at the the indie model and, and sort of how they're going to build their sports venues. So, And I like the architecture of it as well. I, I think it, it fits the city, but it's whatever. If you want, if you're like a guy that likes the, the Vegas model where you're, you're going to put a giant, like, black like folded up piece of shiny paper in the middle of a desert and and think that's a cool stadium then whatever but hey as don't this the big room money, cool. <laughs> yeah it's about the money but um yeah I, I, my, my only disappointment is we only sat saw uh lad mcconkey like one time uh i i needed more mcconkey they would have won by like 80 if they just continuously played lad mcconkey so the new hunter infra so it's subjectively untrue that's funny The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking off things with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. 
Now, of course, if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, much like Oklahoma, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 to win $250 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you had to describe this college football season in, like, a sentence, how, how would you describe it, Jameson? What, what, just, what, what, what's, what's going to, or let, let me just ask you this. What, what's your biggest takeaway from this year? What are you always going to remember uh, as a whole about this college football season? Thanks for changing the question because I was really struggling to think of a sentence to say about this this college football season. Um, but uh, what I'm really going to take away from this is just it's a new era. It's really what it is. And people want to say that Oklahoma football, I mean, if we're talking in reference to Oklahoma football for this, is, you know, oh, you know, it's the players, all this stuff. Yes, it is. But guess what? Whenever you lose your coach, there's going to be a, you know, a downfall for a little bit no matter what because – all of your recruiting is going to get set back. We're trying to, you know, cover our ass right now and trying to scramble and try to like, you know, stop the hemorrhage of the transfer portal, getting a lot of transfers, but we're bringing in a new system and we're, you know, bringing in a bunch of new players. So it's going to be a little bit of a transition. So um, it's going to be remembered as, you know, obviously the turning of the guard, but it's not going to be all positive. So let's not keep on um, pushing sunshine here because, um, even though it's a lot of fun seeing Venables, it's it's going to be tough probably next year. Yeah, no, agreed, and there'll be some growing pains. And I'll say this: you, there's this thing on Twitter where people say you never want to be the main character on Twitter for that day, where everyone just roasts you the entire time uh, because you're the one who screwed up. OU is the main character of this college football season, even though Georgia's the national title, uh, and that's not really a good thing. Um, we. You know, obviously had the quarterback change. You know, we were on the front lines of a lot of weird NIL transfer portal stuff. Obviously, uh, Lincoln Riley leaving uh, was the catalyst for a lot of coaches leaving uh, before early signing day. Just like kind of the Thunder getting hammered by every single change, like change in the NBA, somehow uh, adversely hurting the like OKC, like not cap smoothing in 2016. And, you know, um, just countless uh, changes. OU kind of like got hit with a lot of stuff in terms of um, just a lot of the madness of of college football. But um, yeah, uh, so I I I guess my one wish for OU is don't be don't be as dramatic next year and just uh, just be normal. Just be normal. It'd be nice um, because I'm tired. But anyways, Ty, uh, how would you? What, what's your going to be your takeaway from this college football season? Yeah, I guess if I if I had to sort of uh, compile it into into one sentence, really, the, I think the season really mirrors sort of OU's uh, when you look at the trajectory. And, and to put it in sort of one sentence or, or one lyric, even uh, as Jay Z said in uh, "No Church in the Wild," 
is pious pious because God loves pious? Wait, was that a question or do you want? No, that was the summary of the season in one one sentence. Oh, gotcha. Okay, there we go. I, lo- I love it. No reaction. I, I, I don't well, I mean, it was actually a question. Like your, your quote was a question, so I wasn't sure if you wanted yeah. me to actually answer it. That but. was our. That was actually yeah. I, it was nice because I, I gave my one sentence summary, and then we had our moment of silence for Antonio Brown, the greatest football player to ever play. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what if we could get AB on the pod? He's not doing anything else, right? I don't know what, yeah, he, what he'd want to talk about. But... Hey, yeah, man, that's, that's straight bipolar, right there. Look, we're we're about to hit the off season. I'll do anything for the numbers, including have AB on the pod. But all right, that is a book closed on 2021-22. Um, we are, yeah, we have no more football until uh, Nebraska Northwestern, which is being played in Ireland for some reason. So it's going to be a long gap, folks, till uh, week zero. But look, college football never sleeps, and. That that is especially the case in the age of the transfer portal, where everything's buzzing, um, and that is not, and that is especially the case at Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of rumors, obviously, around you know Caleb Williams stuff like that. But uh, we do have a couple things for sure to talk about. And um, Jameson, can you give us a little bit of a rundown on what's been going, on the goings on in the portal, um, in terms of outgoings, maybe some rumblings on some incomings? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, let's just talk with, like, guys leaving first because we can speculate at the end of the pod. But, like, I think Latrell McCutcheon leaving really hurts. Um, this is a guy that we kind of pegged as an island corner that, you know, six foot one is long, and we can just have him just do his thing. And that is a position we really haven't had at OU, and I can't think of a kind of guy um, that's had his skill set. And him leaving hurts for sure. Um and it co- makes you think just a little bit like I understand our new corners coach, you know, from Alabama. Um, is it Valai? Is that how you pronounce it? Jay Valai? Valai, Valai, Valai. I don't know. Well, what do we want to roll with, guys? Um, we screw up names all the time. Let's let's all stand together on his name. Uh, Jay. Should I even, should I even Google it or, or should we just go with? Okay. It's, well, Joe, it's, Jay. it's, it's, it's it is pronounced Jay Valai, so Valai. we're going to pronounce okay, it. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna pronounce it Jay Valai. Okay, okay it, it will Jay, be Valai. It, yeah. Okay. So Jay Valai, <laughs> he was at Texas, you know, recruiting for the cornerbacks position. Whenever Latrell McCutcheon coming out of Austin was a recruit, and if you remember, if you kind of take yourself back to recruiting corners back in those times, uh, Latrell McCutcheon wasn't even considering. Texas coming out of Austin because he was so mad about how he was not recruited as much. Um, so him coming in to be the cornerbacks coach, I don't know how much of it really is because of that, but there might be a little bit, you know, in the back of his head, like this guy disrespected me. I've been disrespected here a lot by Alex Grinch to end this season. I just need to go somewhere fresh. Yeah. We're, you know, you, you're not either being under recruited or underplayed, which uh, is clearly a thing. I mean, after that Texas game where he just got roasted, he was kind of MIA. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. He, he's he's a guy who, I don't know. I, I It sucks to see him leave because he definitely has the intangibles and um, definitely has the archetype of someone who could be a great cornerback. But, uh, you know, that's just a part of it. Um, when, yeah, 
when you have a reset at and the coaching staff, um, there you go. That's that's just how it eat. How that's just how it be, I guess. Yeah, um, but overall, you know, it's going to be a good thing having Vali as the cornerbacks coach. Obviously, his stock is going up and up, and he's a guy that had like pro- professional teams had their eyes on him last off season, and instead went to Alabama and obviously did really well there. Um, in a season where they had just lost, you know, Pat Sertan and um, had a lot of, you know, holes in that secondary. And they played pretty well, I would, I would like to say, um, obviously making it to the national championship. Uh, but let's kind of talk about some other guys. Um, we can kind of speculate a little bit on the guys coming in because that's kind of what's more fun now. We'll continue to see guys enter into the transfer portal, um, but hopefully not as many for the next, you know, couple of weeks because of classes starting up. But we'll start to see a lot more commits from these guys um, in the portal coming to OU because of how pivotal it is to not start a semester late. And uh, Ty, when does OU classes start up? <laughs> that is probably something that I should know. Uh, <laughs> no, Ty, uh, Ty you, believe, you go to school there. <laughs> I, I believe maybe the day after or the day before my flight lands back here in Oklahoma, I think. <laughs> so, so, so in a, in a week. So on the 18th, is that is that fair? Yeah, I think that's uh, I think yeah, that's yeah. it. Some, that sounds let's, right. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. So yeah, because OU has OU OU has MLK Day off. That's that's the yeah. whole reason why we did like one of the main reasons why we did the uh, bachelor party. You know, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, weekend. 18th. 18th. So okay, so we're talking. Let's let's just talk about obviously the biggest name that could be coming to OU. I guess not the biggest name, and it's probably not that big of a chance, but I think there's a lot of fun things to talk about with Jackson Dart here. Um, you know, obviously with him going to the transfer portal, um, it's quite the smoking gun. Um, seeing Caleb Williams visiting there, pictures leaking of him being in his jersey, um, certain sites kind of hinting to where that he's going to be the next quarterback. We're just waiting for an announcement at USC. And um, but the quarterback in waiting, hitting the transfer portal before Caleb Williams even committing there is very, very telling, in my opinion. Um, he's a guy right now for the two four seven transfer portal rankings. Um, he's like a five star, like a nine nine five like rating, like the number three overall player in the transfer portal. Um, so this guy is not, you know, just some run of the mill quarterback. That's in the, this is a really big target, and there's going to be a lot of schools that want him. And if Oklahoma wants a chance to get him, which I think is very unlikely, um, they're going to have to really push. But I could see a team like Georgia going after him hard. I have definitely heard rumblings about Jackson Dart um, to a number of places. Uh, I Oklahoma would be a bit of a weird fit because of Dylan Gabriel. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if y'all y'all have seen this, but uh, yeah, I, I, some. I saw one sports book released their odds um, for um, the Heisman Trophy next year, like way too early odds. And they actually put Dylan Gabriel ahead of Caleb Williams. So that, I don't know. I, I Hopefully Vegas knows something because that, that feels kind of good. I don't know. I, I, I It would be kind of fun to see. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of kind of funny to see Dylan Gabriel over Caleb, but. Does, We're does, talk- uh, has Texas found a quarterback to replace, um, what's his name, Casey Thompson? Casey Thompson. Quinn Ewers. So they have pretty Yeah, so I, just yeah, looking the, at – the number one overall player in the country in the yeah. last – not this recruiting class, but the last one. Just looking at Dart's sort of recruiting history on, on 247, you know, pretty much everyone he, he talked to or, or was interested in was uh, a, a pretty academically elite school, if that makes sense. Like he has – 
you know, Penn, Yale, those, you know, aren't uncommon. And he did have, I guess, some talk with, with Arizona State. But then, like, UCLA, USC, obviously, BYU, because he's from Utah. So I think, you know, Texas or, or something like that probably does make a little bit more sense. Maybe even Florida uh, than, like, a Georgia, Oklahoma. But you never know. He, maybe he's fully football-focused now. Yeah. James, the man's got an arm. Like, he, he's, like, really – I mean, this guy can be talented. He's does, he doesn't have, you know, the, the dual threat of Caleb Williams, but still. Like, this guy can great be Great really football special. name. Jackson Dart is a great Jackson with a name. dart to uh, – yeah. Jackson with a dart to Drake Stoops for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like it. I like it a lot. But, um, yeah, J- J- Jameson, uh, you, you, sorry, are your sorry. dogs doing okay? Yes, they're doing fine. They're just being needy. Uh, I'm just out here in the living room, not in my in my room. But let's talk about it a little bit more. I think I think a huge name as of recently, as we record this on Tuesday night, that's extremely interesting. Jackson Dart's kind of a pipe dream, obviously, um, but we like to talk about quarterbacks. But the one I'm most excited about seeing in the portal, and um, things that we've heard about throughout the season, is you know Drew Sanders, and you had a tweet about this, Bobby. Like this was a guy that was committed to OU for like a year and a half um, out of Denton, Texas five-star outside linebacker, defensive end, kind of edge rusher guy. Also, when we recruited him as a tight end, and whenever you're committed to a school that long and then kind of flip at the end to Alabama, and now you're in the transfer portal, um, I'm looking hard at OU here. I mean, it makes sense. Um, A lot of people, whenever they hit the portal, they like to go closer to home just because if you didn't have a lot of stability at the college that you were at, you didn't see the playing time that you had, um, going somewhere close to home gives you stability, you know, outside of football. And also you can go to a team like OU that has a new coaching staff where they're still evaluating everyone. Everyone's probably on, you know, even though there's still going to be some, you know, how you played last season, who started last season, will have some priority. But for the most part, you know, it's going to be like, what does Brent Venables and this Ted Roof and these new coaching staff think of you? And there's a wide open spot and Nick Benito leaving in this whole defensive line, the Drew Sanders could step right in and be a pretty big impact for Oklahoma moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, um, no, no disrespect to Jamar Kane and Brian Odom, but uh, the defensive staff that Brent Venables has built here is uh, an attraction uh, in, in the same way that a lot of what Lincoln Riley, you know, has and brought has brought over to USC as an attraction. Um, I, I feel like that could be a place where as a, as a linebacker, uh, I, I'm sure he'll play probably a lot of rush. Um, you know, that, that is something that would, would excite, uh, would excite me as a prospect. And Get I, that just... rush word out of your brain. That is, that is Grinch <laughs> terms. We are taking rush and throwing it in the trash. We are calling it edge now. Oh, okay, cool. I, edge rush, yeah, the Lawrence Taylor thing is what I meant, but you know, you know what I mean. I, I'm trying to un undo it, but um, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that I think, like you said, that's a perfect fit, and you know, a, a lot of people I think are going to hit some doom and gloom over the, the couple uh, next couple weeks, next couple days, uh, with some people coming out. But I think uh, the portal will give us a little bit, so I wouldn't be too worried. Well, here's here's the thing too, you know, and this this really helps us. And I'm not trying to stir the pot or or anything else, but uh, I I didn't think that I would be saying this, you know, in in early August before we had played a snap. I never would have said this because you know you never know what the future holds. But remaining in the Big Twelve for next season and then presumably the season after that, potentially even, and you know, as as the years go by, that 2025 date. 
uh, starts to look more and more realistic. But being in the Big 12 next year is going to be huge, especially with what happened to us, because even if we make some mistakes, we're going to be one of the bigger fish in, in sort of the less competitive pond before we get thrown just in, in the ocean, you know, because we saw the national championship again, just being a rematch of, of the SEC championship game. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I would be much more worried if we were jumping into uh, the SEC West next year, but remaining in the big 12, even if we have some, some teething problems, lose some people, we're going to be able to boost our stats and build our confidence a little bit, which will help our, our influx of, of recruits and, and potentially transfers because right now that the transfer portal system is the wild, wild West. So you really have, as we've seen, you have no idea what, what the future holds when it comes to the transfer portal. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I think money wise, they're going to try to get there in 2023, but one year to have like as a buffer to get your team kind of sec ready in a way uh, to start tailoring that roster, how Brent Venables wants it to look like um, to get that defense tailored the way, uh, you know, roof and, um, Gosh, I, I'm I'm blanking on our new uh, D tackle coach. What's it? What's his name? Please, Bates. I, I'm, Bates yeah, Todd Bates. Um, it, to get that set is is priority number one, and you know, uh, better to do that than kind of learning. Better to do that now and have a year than to learn on the fly. I am fully with you on that one, Ty. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited about the SEC still. I, I'm not as I'm not as worried as some think, um, because I I don't know. Maybe maybe just dumb optimism, but um, yeah, I, I I feel like especially if they do a pod system or move um, Alabama and Auburn to the east or wh- whatever they want to do, I, I I feel like um, this could be a team that can compete and make runs at the SEC championships, playoffs, national championships, that sort of deal. Uh, but it, but it starts with the portal and it starts with recruiting. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I feel like a lot moving forward into the season, other guys to kind of look at in the portal. Um, I already kind of hinted it, you know, with Drew Sanders, but interior defensive line is huge. Um, That is a position that we absolutely need. And um, it it really does suck uh, because, uh, you know, Perry on Winfrey was frustrating, but behind him, we just have a lot of people that are unproven and just don't have it. Um, so there's a couple of guys to look at interior defensive line that I think we're working with. Um, two lanes got a defensive tackle, I believe named Jeffrey Johnson. That's coming in to visit us here pretty soon. I am pretty sure I saw a top us in the top group for the defensive tackle that is kind of highly regarded, um, as of recently as well. That's looking at us. And then also, um, I think Missouri's got a defensive lineman. I'm not sure if he's interior defensive lineman as well that's kind of highly looked after and that's Makai Wingo another name that seems to be looking at us so put in his top four today yes exactly so there's a lot of guys he's more of a defensive end I just looked up I'm pretty sure yeah he put us in the top group with um USC LSU and Arkansas uh but you know we're we're pushing hard the defensive line and it and I think this is a really good sign because um, we kind of talked about it, Brent Venables hiring, um, and even beforehand, a little bit worried about how Brent Venables is going to handle the transfer portal. You can be this you know, stand-up Dabo Sweeney guy that says we don't need it, but in today's day and age, you absolutely need it. You can't be too prideful of yourself and think that you can just develop everyone from your own team when in actuality you got to use the resources that you have at hand. I mean, exactly, you know, and, you know, that – that I feel like is the thing that 
if Clemson doesn't start adapting it, and they've mentioned that they will, uh, you know, they'll fall by the wayside. They did this year. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of that. And that is probably one of my bigger fears with Brent is that he he has too much Dabo in him in the in, in, in the worst ways. Um, <laughs> but I I maybe not the worst worst ways, but uh, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> but still not not great, you know. Um, more more in the you know let's do it the old way. Uh, the Jaron Kanek uh thing was kind of you know thankfully worked out in the end. But uh, if we would have like fully lost that guy, like turned him away, uh, specifically like we're not going to give you a scholarship, then uh, that would have been unfortunate. Um, but I don't know. I I, I think they've handled it pretty well. I kind of disagree. I I would almost argue that that uh, Venables has is hopefully you know picked up some of the best stuff about Dabo without picking up you know some of the the higher end negatives like the transfer portal thing you know because right now or our presumed starting quarterback uh, next season is from the portal. And, and I think that Venables is not that it's a bad thing for, for Dabo, but uh, I think Venables, it already seems like is going to be a lot more trusting in, in his coordinators, you know, and, and what uh, they want to do decision wise and, and personnel wise uh, than Dabo, who is a little bit more hands-on in, in that department, you know? So Hopefully, but again, it's much too early to to see, you know, uh, after Venables got hired, uh, the only person that's coached uh, since the Venables hire is Bob Stoops. So <laughs> I guess uh, I guess we'll we will see. But uh, Venables did spend much more time under Stoops, uh, you know, arguably including now uh, than he did under Dabo. So that's true. And I think we'll be just fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to doom and gloom it, you know, especially when the guy hasn't coached a game yet. Uh, or remotely done in, like, even an off-season. I, I don't know how that, if he's, like, fully taken the reins yet. I, I don't know what he's done. Um, I, I assume he, I mean, he's, he's been given the visor, so there, yeah. there's that. Yeah, it, it might be a NCAA rules thing at this point to, to the extent that he has, you know, taken hands-on with the program, so. Yeah, and I mean, obviously he's been recruiting, so there's that. But you know, we haven't gotten the uh, the you know OU football Twitter post that's like, let's get to work right now. Then Brent just like doing stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I would be yeah, remiss, Bobby. I'm sorry to cut you off here on the defensive line. Oh no, I, before we kind of move on, good. I almost forgot. Um, us landing Hawaii's defensive lineman uh, Jonah Laulu, I believe it is, was huge. Absolutely huge. We're talking about interior defensive lineman. Uh, man, that is a position we really need, and he is a guy who's big time. Um, whenever Georgia is a, a team that's going after a guy in terms of the transfer portal, and he lands at Oklahoma with little, you know, didn't seem like we had to do too much convincing, kind of didn't take his time and kind of just hopped into the Oklahoma boat. That's big. Um, and the Hawaii pipeline is starting a little bit with Jocelyn Allo leading the charge uh, next to Dylan Gabriel. I would I would love it if Jocelyn Allo uh, Allo and Gabriel became like uh, you know the lead recruiters for you know the Hawaii pipeline. It'd be beautiful. I'm with you on that. Um, speaking of which, I'm excited for softball. Seeing Allo and them back, uh, it'll be nice. It'll be a nice little breather. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you're right. That is massive, massive. And I got to say, not only is it fun to have a Hawaii athlete on our team, but we also now have 
the the rarest of rare, a Yosef OU mix with a TD uh, TD roof, Ted Roof's kid uh, transferred in linebacker. Don't know if we'll ever really see you know the field, but we do have an App State OU hybrid, which is the hap like the the coolest thing for me. I, I'm just happy to see it. Uh, so uh, our our, well, our our Yosef love is paid off. Quick quick fun fact: uh, this might be this might be some sort of record. I have no idea how you would track this down, but next year we will have three different coaches' sons playing on the uh, playing on the team, which is kind of interesting with with Drake and then a uh, you know that that guy who interestingly enough has played uh, at like several like like four different schools now i think uh much like his dad uh his coaching career he's played it at a lot of different places is it is it going to be venables roof and stoops is that the three i i think venables kids are staying in clemson though oh that's a bummer oh are they? So i think i i feel like i i feel like i've seen they're staying at clemson uh so i i think it actually might just be roof and stoops but the more, but oh, the more, oh. the more coaches' kids we get, the more Clemsony we become. I feel like they have a oh, billion. apparently, apparently, one of his sons is. What was this? An old article? No, uh, one of his sons is just not playing anymore and, and is becoming a uh, an assistant coach. Uh, and then one of them is has not moved yet, but is presumed to to be following. So we have like a a double Isaac Roof situation. Yeah, according according to SI on December seventh, one of his. So who knows? Yeah, Jameson, is that all we have for the portal? Uh, I think that's we've kind of tapped the well dry. Well, we we got to touch on it. There's a couple of other ones, um, Ty, um, that you want to hit, but like you know, I'll just say the names and let's move on. What Ty said, Kyron Lacey is a wide receiver from LSU that we're working on. There's a couple other small names, but um, there's going to be a lot. So yeah, Ty, what do you got? Oh, I I thought we were going to talk about you know just touch on a little bit. I I don't think we've covered sort of uh, presumed uh, outgoing people from the portal. You know, well, I, I I for one don't know who you'd be talking about. Who 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 is that a bit or is that who? Yes, it's a bit. Okay. (laughs) So let's Caleb Williams update, and we need to make it. Caleb Williams update. We've been waiting on him to just pull the trigger, and you know, you know, let it let us down. Uh, It's probably going to happen. It's probably going to be USC. Let's just be honest. It it, it's going to be USC. Uh, We we've just been waiting to do the emergency pod, but let's be honest. You know, he's gone. He's gone. Just just yeah. Give How up the dare ghost. he? We've been waiting this whole week to record our podcast right after Caleb Williams' news breaks. And what is he doing? He already has his decision made, and he's making us wait. How dare he? He needs to think about us. Bobby. He has he has no regard for podcast schedules, and I don't appreciate it. Not a single regard for pods. We'll probably still go live after he posts something, but still. I mean, are we going to – that's that's been a fun thing we've been doing recently. So um, well, and there's I'm another really Williams, that. right? That Our lives are fun. The, mm-hmm. the C.W. Williams at USC, or oh yeah, Mario, oh, Mario Williams. Williams. Uh, yep, yeah, Mario Williams. <laughs> so we still think Mario and Caleb are a package deal, Jameson, or uh... I I don't know. Uh, the thing is, the news was Mario was a guy that like he had talked throughout the season that he was homesick and that he was probably going to hit the transfer portal. 
anyways, no matter what with this Caleb Williams news, um, could have probably been convinced to stay. But it was a guy that was considering, you know, going to the portal. Uh, and now you see him take a visit to USC. Uh, like, USC, you really can't go farther away from his home all the way in South Florida to Southern California. You know, like, that ain't homesick. So what was he actually pushing us? Or is the money talking? I, I mean, I, I, I think the money has to talk. Um, because I, I would I would argue that the number one receiver in the previous draft, or draft, what am I saying, recruiting class, it's basically a draft at this point, uh, in the previous class is arguably more valuable than the number one receiver in this year's class because they already have a year of experience, a year of grind, even though he he never got thrown the football, which is, you know, curious to want to go back to Lincoln in a system that, you know, couldn't get you the damn ball. Uh, yeah, I, I get the allure, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There, we've we've gotten a lot of mixed signals. Uh, Caleb to USC was not even an option when it first started because we thought he was he and his family were pissed at him. Now they look to be in love with him again. Um, so it, it it's a mess. But you know what are you gonna do? These guys committed to Lincoln Riley. Uh, the class was link up twenty one. It was about Lincoln Riley. That's okay. And if they want to play for him, let let him go play for a subpar roster. That you know just. Frankly, he is not that great. So, I, I don't know. I, it, it'll be interesting to see what Lincoln does with a worst roster um, and, you know, the same potential questionable, you know, play calling that we have seen at, at times. Um, and especially the motivation tactics of, um, I don't know, a, a piece of cardboard. Uh, well, I, it, I would... Go ahead, Ty. I haven't been talking no, I was just going to say real quick. I, while you guys were talking, I was I was doing some some two four seven analysis again, and and Mario Williams was offered uh, by Levy at Ole Miss, uh, and he chose not to go there. So I, I mean, if we're really reading into who he wants to play for, uh, he has already made the decision once before between Lincoln Riley and, and Jeff Levy. Uh, so I would not be surprised, you know, if he not even makes the decision again, but sort of reaffirms his, his decision that he's made. Obviously Levy at, at Ole Miss is different than Levy at OU, but uh, with all the turnover and then especially with, you know, a, a presumptive Caleb Williams exit, uh, it does make a lot of sense that Mario Williams would go to the coach that he originally chose to play for uh, with the quarterback that he originally chose to play for as well. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, gotta say, shout out to Joe, who is giving us all of the important OU basketball updates because it's on Longhorn Network, and uh, we can't really watch it. So, uh, no, no knee socks for Bijan Robinson. Or B- Robinson, Bijan Cortez tonight, which is unfortunate because uh, gotta love the knee socks. It, it fit him well. I, I guess he got more. He got enough VC for better socks. But um, yeah, ugh, I don't know. I'm just ready for it for, for all of this, you know, fallout to be over. We can move on to the future with the guys we have everyone set and uh, get ready for spring ball. So um, even though I love the numbers that these pods put up about Caleb and all the drama, uh, I am ready to talk about football again. Jameson, any final thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, I don't know what football you're going to be talking about now that we're heading into the off season. So we're going to be trying to pull content wherever we can. Um, so the transfer portal will be very generous to that, to us on that end. Um, so I, I'm going to live it up. 
And there's, honestly, it sucks losing a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are really, really excited about. Uh, you know, I've been pumping Mario Williams this whole season. And he's the guy that I said that he honestly was my wide receiver one on this team because I was kind of curious who else on this team could get open off the line of scrimmage. You know, Marvin Mims can run deep routes, but is he the guy getting open off the line of scrimmage? Jane Hazelwood obviously lost, lost his lateral quickness. Mario Williams was huge. I I mean, there's a reason he is a freshman All-American. Uh, so that one really hurts me deep down, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, no, I mean, it does. All of them, all of them hurt. Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of the new reality of college football, though. When you have a coach leave, everyone else can leave, too. And, you know, I, I think that's why OU focusing this whole new era around OU's brand and what OU football means as a whole. You know, the whole Stoops program guy, no guys bigger than the program. You know, that that's probably how it should be for just about everyone in college football. Uh, because, you know, and again, that won't save you from, you know, having this happen. You know, like if, if they said the same thing and Lincoln left, maybe that wouldn't save everything. But I think it would help. Uh, I think guys would, you know, hopefully commit to Oklahoma for Oklahoma. But, um, yeah, I think that's all we got to talk about the portal. There'll be a lot more to it. Uh, so keep an eye on the eventual Caleb Williams emergency pod. But um, Jameson Ty, other than that, I guess we got OU basketball. Uh, they, they've been they've been pretty fun. I've enjoyed them. Uh, make sure to get out to the LNC if you haven't watched them yet. Uh, I, I would advise you to watch them on TV, but well, one, if you aren't watching live, the game has already happened. And two, nobody has Longhorn Network. So, uh, hopefully this is a win. They need to be damn ranked. But, um, Jameson, quick, quick little basketball thought. Uh, what, what do you think on the team this year? I haven't really asked you a question about that. Honestly, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, because like we kind of talked about, um past time like this is one of the most like uh, what 10 10 turnover of people 10 new players i think it is the number of that like that's honestly ridiculous and the way we play a five out system who doesn't like that honestly it sucks not getting offensive rebounds but what everyone's a threat on the on the court to score and can shoot the three it's it's a lot of fun um we've got a pretty pretty feisty team i mean to be honest with you, I don't know how much I see us as a high ceiling team, but man, we have a high floor. Yeah, no, they're a fun, scrappy team that'll make the tournament and you know win some games they shouldn't, they probably shouldn't win. And uh, I don't know, I, I I see them as you know the classic Sweet Sixteen at best type of you know Long Kruger team that he had towards the end. Uh, but you know, knowing our luck, we'll probably end up getting Gonzaga in the second round. So. Anyways, uh, it'd be uh, Ty, I would like to see Chet play against this team. It'd be a lot of fun. It would be fun. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that would be fun, but I don't want to lose to Gonzaga, you know, early. I, I, I've done Gonzaga. I've done that before. Gonzaga, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Ty, any, any thoughts on uh, basketball or uh, final thoughts in general? Yeah. I like the guy with the beard. Uh, <laughs> I, like, uh, I like our new coach, too. I actually – spoke to him very very briefly uh, at the spring game he was like whipping around on a golf cart uh with his younger son uh, and i said hi to him i think i was the only one that that sort of recognized him as as he was sort of pulled up by uh one of the the entrance gates uh to the to the stadium but yeah i i don't really follow basketball i like to watch it in person i think it's cool to have a team that you don't really care about but uh it's kind of scrappy you know and can can have some cool upsets. It's a different experience than cheering for OU football for sure. 
yeah for sure it's it's a it's a fun time and you know like you said it, it it's different because they're kind of always the underdog you don't expect them to win every time and i, I think that's fun but Anyways, this was supposed to be a short little pod. Ended up going 46 minutes because eh, that's just how we do it. But uh, Jameson, Ty, this was a very fun podcast. And uh, appreciate y'all coming on, um, on not on short notice, but, you know, just uh, on, a, on, a, on a Tuesday where we had to get an episode in. Thanks for doing our job. Yeah, good job on doing your job. But uh, I don't know. What, what, I, I think the best thing we can hope for going forward is that we don't do a... Uh, uh, intoxicated podcast uh on bachelor party weekend uh that, that's a up. good idea wait you remember the days bobby sober what's no. that <laughs> right <laughs> bobby used to have a uh, special pay for service that he used to offer in the early schooner pod days um special uh post game with bobby pay pay any amount you want to get free access to bobby's <laughs> thoughts after the game <laughs> You know, if we can get a decent amount of more subscribers and a little bit more inflow, maybe we can bring that type that content back to the viewers because I knew that was a fan favorite. Well, hey, I, I gave him the Alamo Bowl like recap where I was uh, ha- had some had some drinks, uh, but that 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 wasn't as interesting because I wasn't mad. The, the The first one was after we almost <laughs> lost to OSU. I was walking back to uh, no, we did back- lose to OSU. No, 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 this was, this was, this was year one. Uh, yeah, I did it, uh, walking back on the way to, to the house, uh, from OU, just screaming into my iPhone. It was horrible quality. (laughs) Uh, the fact that people paid money for it, I, I, I feel bad about that, but, uh. Well, if you want that kind of stuff, offer us, send us something and we can try to get that content out for y'all next season. Um, and I know we got a lot of new listeners and everything. So once again, you know, subscribe to us. Um, we'll be putting content out every single week for the whole off season. We'll think of some creative things, you know, Ty and Bobby are extremely creative. People think of kind of cool little niche things to talk about this off season. Um, and Ty's shaking his head. Come on. You'll, you'll think of something really clever to do, um, but we'll have things lined up and we'll keep um, content pumping for y'all. We should create our own, uh, our own, um, oh, what, what was the robot name? We need to do our oh, new Hitchbot. Oh, no. Hitchbot. Can, can we do our? Can we create our own Hitchbot and see how far it goes? I don't know that, why, but I never last so hard on a podcast. Whenever we were talking about poor Hitchbot, I, I still have the video we made about about Hitchbot uh, just hanging out, you know, on my desktop somewhere. I, I I need to re-upload that for some of our newer viewers. But um, all right, guys, thanks for coming on the show. As always, it was great, and uh, we will see y'all soon. Hopefully, uh, hopefully not too soon because I'd be pretty mad if we recorded this and then Caleb dropped the hammer on us. He will, but he will immediately he, tomorrow morning. He will. It, it, the announcement is going to come in like an hour. Watch, um, but yeah, th- that was the show. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, we'll see you soon. Boomer sooner, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>